Well, it's so honor, honored for us to be here with all of you to come out on a Friday night. That we, we know with uh, confusion in our world, we know where our peace is. I, 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 as, as we were worshiping and they were singing and worshiping, what, what went through my mind and my heart was, I have a transcendent peace. A peace that people don't understand. Because we're not in conflict on the inside. Because of God's peace living on the inside of us. Come on, we ought to thank the Lord for his great peace. In just a few moments, I'm going to um, unpack the word that God laid on my heart for you. I can't wait to do that. But before I do, I want to introduce my beautiful wife, Meliana, my queen, my wife of uh, going to be 36 years here coming up pretty soon. Praise Jesus. Give her a hand as she comes. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I am so grateful. I'm so blessed. So such a privilege for us to be here this weekend. We are so grateful, especially of everything that is going on. I'm so blessed to be here in a place that people are not afraid of nothing. Amen. You're so hungry for the Lord. We all know what's going on, sickness, disease, riots, violence, but yet we are longing to be in his house. So we are so grateful for Pastor Lynn and his wife and the staff of this church giving us the honor to be here this, uh, this weekend to join you to worship God. So let's all lift up our hand again one more time. Let's acknowledge his presence here and thank him for abiding in our midst. Holy Spirit, we want to say thank you. We love you, we adore you, and we worship you, God. Father, we want to say thank you for the privilege, oh God, allowing us to be here, oh God. It's your desire for us. You have placed that desire in our heart to be here in your house and worship you, God. To be in your house ready to hear from you and to receive from you. And we want to say thank you. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in this place. You come and have your way, oh God. You come and speak to us. We came here with an open heart, open mind, open ear, ready to hear from you and receive from you. But before that, we want to give you ahead of time all the glory and honor to glorify your name, Lord. We love you, we bless you, and we worship you, God. Thank you, Father. We thank you ahead of time for your word that is going to come forward tonight and this weekend, oh God. We thank you ahead of time for the miracle signs and wonders. We thank you ahead of time for the souls that will be added to your kingdom. We thank you, Lord. We love you, we bless you, and we worship you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's give Jesus a big hand clap. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. You know, I, I love telling stories. Uh, because, um, you know, we all know what's going on nowadays. All the sickness, riots, violence is going on in our world today and the uncertainty. 
But I believe God is looking for people that are trusting him, that are sold out, so on fire for God, because God is looking for people that will lead the way. Amen? Because there is so many things are going on that people are filled with fear, worry, anxiety, don't know what's going on, but but I believe the world is looking for the church because we have the answer. That means we have the word of God to show to the world what needs to be done. Amen? Uh, early this year, John and I hopped on a plane, flew to Orlando, to Disneyland to do a half marathon. We were doing a series of meetings in California from Sunday to Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we got in a car, drive two hours to get to the airport and hop on the plane to fly to Orlando to do the half marathon. I can hop on a plane, fly anywhere I want to go because I can fly free. Some of you heard me share the testimony of flying everywhere I can with I get to fly free because that was a blessing that God su uh, supplied for me through Southwest. Amen? Praise God. So anyway, we hopped on a plane, flew to, uh, to uh, Orlando to do the half marathon. And because we did not have time, because we woke up, arrived there on Thursday night, woke up on the, uh, Friday morning, we were so busy, we have to uh, do a shooting on video for our school and then we were so busy that day and then the next day is Saturday. We have to get up early and to do the half marathon. We have to get up at two o'clock to get to the race and to do the half marathon at uh, five o'clock in the morning. And because of the time difference, I had only one hour sleep. And being so busy, I had only one hour sleep to do a half marathon. Can you imagine doing a half marathon with only one hour sleep? And on top of that, I forgot, not only forgot, I did not have time to look up the map of the route where is the race is going to be. Some of you have done race. You, before you run on the race, you need to know where the route is going to be. Can you imagine running 13 and a half mile, and you don't know where you're going, okay? We all know how we have GPS to find where you go, I mean, to drive in a car. But this one, they give you a map. I, I mean, in fact, you have to look up online, but they give you a map when you arrive, to, uh, when you uh, register to, to, go and, uh, to go do the race. But I did not have time to look up the route where we are going to run with a 13 and a half mile. So we got up early, got to the starting line, and again, that's when I, I remember again, oh my gosh, I haven't looked up where the route is going to be. Where is the 13 and a half mile is going to be? But then, all of a sudden, a thought came to my mind. I remember, oh, there are going to be a lot of people in this race who are so strong and they're 
uh, and not only strong, but there are going to be a lot of fast runners in this race. And guess what Meliana is going to do? Meliana is going to follow the strong and the fast runner to guide me to the finish line. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So I was so excited, relieved, knowing that I will keep my eyes on a fast, strong runner to guide me to the finish line. As the race starting, and I was keeping my eyes on a fast runner to lead me where the route is going to be, the Lord reminded me, and then also I remember how important it is for you and I to be strong and fix our eyes on him. As Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. We are living in a day. These days, there are so many people are living in fear. Worry, anxieties, have no peace. They don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. And I believe they are looking at you and I to lead the way. How can they find peace? How can they find joy in the midst of violence, in the midst of uncertainty? But I believe God is looking for you and I to be so strong, spend time with him in prayer and in his word so we can lead our family so we can lead our children, so we can lead our church, our city, our state, our nation. I believe they are depending on you and I to lead the path. Amen. <clears throat> Think about this. I was depending on a fast runner. Listen, can you imagine if those people are not strong enough to guide me. Listen, they don't even know that there is a lady behind them that is so slow, so busy, did not have time to look up the map. They didn't even know that there is a slow lady behind them is watching them every move they make. They turn left or right, I will follow them. Listen, that's why it's so important for you and I to trust God because our children, again, our children, our community, they are depending on you and I. Amen. So many people will come through the door. They are so busy with life. They have been so caught up with what's going on in our world. They don't know what to do. There is no peace. They are coming through the door trusting, expecting. 
expecting that you and I will give them the right word they need to hear. Just by you and I greeting them, giving them a prophetic word, hearing the worship, giving the right message, that's what they need. Because again, like what I said, these people have no idea that I was depending on them. That's why we can't afford to play with sin. Because listen, the moment we disobey God, we will not have the strength to finish the race. Because sin will weaken us. Our disobedience to God will cause us to stumble, will cause us to turn left and not finish the race. Listen, if they turn left, I will follow them because I don't know how to get to the finish line. But because I was depending on them, guess what? I made it and I completed the race that day because I was following the fast runner. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. That's why it's so important. That's why we have a night like this to come together, spend time with him in prayer and in his word so we can have the strength, so we can fix our eyes on him, so we can lead our family, our church, our city, and our nation into the presence of God. That's where they will find peace. That's where they will find joy. That's where they will reach and fulfill their destiny. God is looking for men and women that fix their eyes on him so he can empower you and I to make it to the finish line so we can complete the race. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That's why I was so blessed last night. Many of you have attended the school. And I was so blessed to see many of you come. Why? Because I know as you attend with the school, God will continue to equip you, strengthen you with his word so you can fulfill and make it to the finish line. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I have some, I just want to remind you guys, we have some resources back in the foyer. I grabbed some I wanted to give away. I grabbed um, his second book, How to Develop a Prophetic Culture, how important it is for you and I to prophesy. Amen. Especially today, there are so many people looking up on social media, looking what is the word, what we should, what should we do. There is so many confusion. So many confusing people. I mean, even then, right now, I've seen so many people. There are division in churches also. Why? Because people are so fearful. I mean, I'm so grateful that you guys open your church right away. Continue to continue, you know. There is so many churches. I mean... John and I, we had, we had to cancel 66 meetings. Why? Because the churches were canceled. I mean, the, cancel, the church was shut down. We were uh, in Florida. The governor of Florida came on, uh, 
on, uh, I mean, when he was doing a live stream, he said, I did not tell the church to close. The churches voluntarily closed themselves. And I was thinking, wow. Again, listen, God is looking for people that are strong. Listen, I'm not going to follow somebody who is timid, fearful, afraid of virus, afraid of the violence. I'm going to follow somebody that is strong. Amen? I'm going to follow just like what I said. I didn't have time to look up the map, but I already know I'm going to follow someone that is strong and is fast. God is looking for someone that is strong, not timid by every leader news that media have said. God is looking for people that will stand up and call sin, sin. Amen? Praise God. Open the door so the people come and hear the word of God. That is, listen what Jesus told Peter. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Three times he asked Peter. Peter, do you love me? And finally, Peter, after three, yes, Peter said, yes, Jesus, I love you. Finally, Jesus said, okay, if you love me, then feed my sheep. That's what's in God's heart. Open the church so the people can come and be fed. The reason why they're out there rioting because they don't know the word of God. They don't hear the voice of God. The reason why people are so fearful because they quoted Psalm 91 but don't believe it. It breaks my heart when I see people posting and quoting Psalm 91, yet relying on CDC, relying on CNN, relying on everything what the sign said. But God said he'll protect you. God looking for people that are not timid and afraid of everything. God is looking for people that are strong, stand firm, proclaim what God said. Amen. Yeah. Praise Jesus. How to develop a prophetic culture. If you haven't got this book, raise your hand. I want to bless you with it. Sister, you raise your hand first. You can come and get it. Give her a hand clap. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. God bless you. I also grab, uh, I have a lot back there, but I just grabbed this one because of the time. School of the Prophets, learning to hear, again, learning to hear the voice of God. Because there are so many voices out there, it sounds good. But we need to hear the voice of God. Amen? You raise your hand way in the back. You can come and get it. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Also, the last one I have over here, living a victorious life. They can have chaos all around you, but you will continue to hold your head, your head up high. Amen? You will continue to be filled with joy, love, and peace. Who want this one? Thank you. 
Jesus, yes, us. Gentlemen, did you have the white shirt? You can come and get it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You ready to hear the word? Amen. Give Jesus another big hand clap. Praise God. Come on and give God a shout of praise right now in the house. I'm going to share something that I, I think that is very, very timely that the Lord laid on my heart to share for you, with you. I was in Kentucky last week at, um, uh, on, a, on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday as well, last weekend. I then flew to Florida knowing that I was going to come to my favorite state in Idaho. And uh, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that they're still having church in Idaho. You know, praise Jesus. They're not having church in America. We uh, were in California a few weeks ago, um, right, right at Mother's Day for a Sunday through Wednesday. A pastor had shared with me that the police had showed up. So as I was preaching, I'd always look out the door if they're going to show up again. Who would ever thought that you'd be get in trouble for going to church, you know? But uh, we had a great meeting. It's been an amazing time. But tonight, I'm going to talk to you about something that God laid on my heart. I'm going to talk to you about what the prophetic does. Everybody say, what the prophetic does. If there's any time in history we need the activation of the prophetic. Not the activation of the pathetic, but the activation of the prophetic. Come on. And I, I believe, honestly, that, that uh, right after I left um, last year, it was, uh, it was in December, first part of December, I have a good friend of mine who um, is working with the Tucson School District in Arizona. And so he took me into a school, put me in his office, and brought te teachers one by one as we prophesied over teachers in the public school. How many know that God is on the throne? Come on. And I want to say something to you, ladies and gentlemen. The prophetic can't be isolated to just us prophesying over each other, even though we love that. It, it, it needs to go out in the streets. It needs, to go, it needs to touch every fabric of our society. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, with that, I'm going to have you turn to a very familiar story. However, I'm going to preach it tonight very differently. I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to look, at, we're going to look in a moment at verse 15 and following. I'm hoping I'm going to get to the second half of the story because the second half of the story is just as amazing as the first. But let me lay a foundation because you're going to, I want you to write this down. Because, I, because of this, you have to see the prophetic is not always predictive. It is not always predictive. But what it, what is, is the prophetic not, doesn't necessarily predict your future. It wants to protect your future. Because we have to have words now that protect us. And because God is interested in protecting people. He wants to protect his people. He wants to protect this house. He wants to protect your family. He wants to protect your children. He wants to protect the state of Idaho. He wants to protect America. He wants to protect the world. He wants to protect kings and nations. Are you hearing me? 
And that is why I believe that, that accuracy is important. But accuracy that doesn't protect you, what good is that? So what had happened, ladies and gentlemen, is the prophet Elisha was getting inside information on the Assyrian king's military maneuvers. And what the prophet would do is the prophet would warn the king uh, about what the, the Assyrian uh, king was going to do. And every time he sent, every time he sent a military to invade Israel, Israel was waiting for that. What, don't we need those kind of prophets? Come on. That could warn leaders. Come on, what is happening? What, what's happening in the world? Go this, this, to avoid destruction. To avoid evil. To protect the communities. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Rather than people in panic. Because without a prophetic word, people will walk in fear. See, the reason why Meliana and I are not afraid is because we already got a prophetic promise. And I've got promises that have yet to be fulfilled yet. Come on. And my God is not a man that could lie. I still got to build that school. I still got to travel all over the world. I still got to go to every country in Europe. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it's not over yet. Come on. And every time that king would, 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 would make a move, the king of Israel was waiting. And so he calls his officials in. He said, which one of you is guilty of treason that is telling the king of Israel what I'm doing? I remember years ago when I read this scripture, I cried out to God. I said, God, I want that kind of revelation. Not the revelation just to be so accurate, but the revelation to protect your people. A revelation to protect my family. A revelation to protect the people I love. A revelation to protect your pastors. A revelation to protect your communities. A revelation. He's, it, it, the, the man said to the king, No, it, it, none of us have, have talked to the king. We're loyal to you. But it's the prophet, Elisha, who knows the very words in your bedroom. Oh my gosh. You know what that does? That puts the fear of God. That puts the fear of God back in. But there's people that have inside information about what evil is doing. Come on. There are people right here in Idaho at Valley Church that have their ears attuned to the heartbeat of God that are attuned to what God is saying. Come on. Let me just say this. So guess what they want to do? Forget getting the army. Forget attacking the, the, the king. We want to attack the prophet. We want to, we want to attack the prophetic voice. We want to protect, attack the word. Because if we kill the word, guess what? The people won't be know what to do and then we can manipulate them. Oh. See, why do you think the enemy wanted to shut the church down? Because when you hear a word from God, let me tell you something. Something happens on the inside of you. 
Something happens where all of a sudden, you know what? I got my armor on now. Look out, devil, here I come. Cancer, you don't have authority over me. Uh, sickness, you have authority over me. I'm not audacious. I am walking in faith. Because when I get a word, faith ignite goes on the inside of me. Just like Habakkuk said, the just shall live by faith. So, let's kill the prophet. Let's kill the prophetic. And I'm going to say this prophetically. In this day, in this year, there's going to be a resurgence of the authenticity of the prophetic like we've never seen before. We're not just going to talk about this, what I've seen this, and I've seen this, but a real, uh, a real relevance and resurgence of the prophetic that speaks with accuracy and clarity that says, uh-uh, we're going to protect the nation. So who is protecting the nation? Not the military. Uh, no, come on. Not, not, not their, their, their economic resources, but the prophetic voice was protecting the nation. Oh, come on. And I want to say this. There's a prophetic voice right here at Valley Church. You know why you're here? To protect Idaho. To protect the Treasure Valley. That's why you're here. You know why you're here? Because the medical department don't know what to do. The CDC don't know what to do. The police don't know what to do. But you know what? The prophets of God know what to do. Why? Because they have a word. So it would behoove the enemy to shut the voice of God. To, 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 to capture, to, to, to take captive God's word so it's not spoken. So that the they that governing officials can can then manipulate the whole society. So guess what they do? Now their entire focus becomes the church. That's where the focus is. But it's interesting now because I want you to turn. Are you there at 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15? I'm going to read tonight out of the NIV as we break this down and unpack this. Because I want you to see this. It says, and the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, comma. Everybody say, went out. I want you to see this, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody told him to leave. Nobody told him to go out. Nobody told him to leave a prophetic atmosphere. Nobody told him to leave the church. Nobody told him to leave the presence of God. He went out on his own. Oh, come on. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you. You know where I'm protected? I'm protected in a prophetic atmosphere. That's where I'm protected. Uh, but if I leave that, if I leave the atmosphere that God has called me to be in, come on, then I'm going to be susceptible to things that I'm not even aware of. Come on. Because as long as he's around the presence of God in that prophetic atmosphere, ladies and gentlemen, he is completely fine. There's no fear. There's no worry. He's growing. He's learning. He, he's, got, gone, he's got his graduation from Valley School. He's all, he, everything is cool. Come on. But he goes out. He, go, he goes out. And actually, he leaves his divine assignment where he was supposed to be, ladies and gentlemen. And what happened? When he went out, there was an army, of course. Surrounding the city 
with horses and chariots. So now what happens? Now as he goes out of the presence of God, he now sees something he's never seen before. His whole focus, his whole vision is now on what's surrounding him instead of what's in the house. His whole, he is consumed, his mind, his, his heart, his spirit is concerned by what is surrounding him. And at that moment, everything he's learned from the prophet leaves him. Pastor Rich had taught him for two years. <laughs> how to pray, how to prophesy. And that just left him that moment, the one moment he went out. How fragile we are. How fragile we can become if we don't stay in the right atmosphere. And in that place, guess what? The news becomes his focus. The information about the oncoming army and all this happening becomes his primary focus right now. So now the army hasn't even touched them yet. And he's already thinking about his demise. <laughs> and it's interesting so, that what happens, ladies and gentlemen, is as he's consumed with fear, worry, and anxiety, Meliana, what begins to take place? What he wants to do is now he wants to go back to church. <laughs> but the problem is, he goes back to church and gives the church the information that he got out there. <laughs> See, this is not a place where we take what we learned out there and bring it in here. This is the place where we, where we learn here and take it out there to change history. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We don't bring the world in here. Come on. We don't bring fear in here. Come on. I have a fear deficiency. I'm sorry. Come on. Uh, we don't bring that in here because the people don't need to hear that. They don't need to hear what's going, going on. I'm not saying that I don't need to know, but, but, but the reality is there's something greater. There is a prophetic word. The presence of God is in here. That's what I want to be consumed of right now. Because that's what is going to protect me. Come on. That's going to take me through the battles. That's what's going to take me up the mountain and through the valley. It's not anything else. It's the presence of God that's going to protect me. Now at that moment, when he walks in, this is exactly, this is exactly what he says. And the servant said to him, it's Elijah, alas, my master, what shall we do? Isn't that the question? Pastor, what are we going to do? Prophet, what are we going to do? Christy, what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do, Pastor Tim? What are we going to do? How are we going to make it? What are we going to do? <clears throat> See, the problem is not what we're going to do. The problem is 
you have a vision problem. Because if you had vision, you'd already know what to do. <laughs> if you had a vision for your future, and if you had a vision for tomorrow, and you had a vi vision for what's happening in the spirit, you would already know what to do. But what you did is you walked out of the presence of God. You walked out of a prophetic environment. And then what happened? That's what that produced. How has that worked out for you? What am I to do? What am I going to do with my marriage? What am I going to do with my kids? What am I going to do with this? You know, here we were in Florida. We just bought a house a couple months ago. ago and um, we live in Florida now. And then about a month into it, a fire got really close to our house. We had to evacuate. So this is exactly what I did. My wife, it took my wife to talk me in two hours to get me out of the house. Because I was standing outside in the name of Jesus. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, you will not come near my tent. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Smoke all around. You'll not come near my tent or my neighborhood. Are you hearing? <laughs> and it didn't. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Nothing happened. But I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen. How many of you ever got a phone call from someone you love and gave you bad news? on Molokai and... February Island. I was in Hawaii for part of January and February. I was on Molokai, our last before we came back to California. And um, my cell phone doesn't work there very well. Spotty. It's the main town it works, but at the hotel it does not work. And I got in the car to drive into town to go to the store for something. And my, and my, my, my cell phone rang. And it was a loved one. And the loved one said to me, John, I don't have much time, but I wanted to tell you that the doctor has found cancer in my lungs. I've got lung cancer. Well, nobody likes to receive those calls. But here's what happens when someone gets a diagnosis of lung cancer. Now they get a vision for cancer. And what happens is they begin to Google everything about cancer to get information about the cancer. When you've already got a promise from God's word that they'll lay your hands on the sick and you shall recover. You, you follow what I'm saying? That's what you should Google. So the person had all this information about lung cancer. And when I got that call, the first thing that came out of my mouth is the devil's got cancer. You know what I'm saying? You know, I just got done with prayer, and, and I get this call. And then all of a sudden, the Lord reminded me of something. He remar reminded me of Mark eleven twenty three, that says, if you say to the mountain. Everybody say, say to the mountain. Not think to the mountain. Not study the mountain. But prophesy to the mountain. If you say to the mountain, be thou what? cast into the sea right that, I mean I can go to these mountains and say cast and they're not going to move I'm going to tell you 
But I will tell you this, when I'm, when I'm dealing with a stronghold or an issue of fire or something in my family, that mountain can be removed. How many have mountains that you think that need to be removed right now? How many have mountains? You know what? There's a mountain of fear over this state. Come on. Really, there is. And I believe this God is raising up a prophetic voice that's going to remove that mountain of fear. Because when my that family member, you know, got a diagnosis of, of cancer, what happened? Paranoia. Fear gripped it. So the fear was even greater than the cancer. So I quote this. If you say to the mountain, be thou cast in the sea and do not what? Doubt in your heart and believe, come on, that what you say will happen and it'll be done for you. So I said to cancer, cancer, you don't belong there. But, but they, they found it. I don't care what they found. Because the diagnosis doesn't have the last word. Oh. What? What? what diagnosis does not have the last word? What am I going to do? That's really why they called. What am I going to do? I'm going to prophesy to this mountain of cancer and I'm going to cast it in the sea. You know what that means? To be cast in the sea, that means it's sinking down to the bottom of the sea, never to resurface. It's not going to go in remission. See, because I, when I got delivered from sin, I didn't want sin to go into remission, ladies and gentlemen. I wanted to be cast in the sea, never to resurface again. Oh, come on and give God a shout of praise right now. And I'm quoting that, and faith is rising up in me, and, and the person on the line is crying on the phone. And after a few minutes, the person says, I've got to go, I've got to... I go to go to the doctor. So I go back, and I don't even think about it. Honestly, I didn't think about it. And so um, we got ready for church that night, and I drove drove to church, and all of a sudden I got the a text message. Found out. Here was the text message. John, they did the MRI. They found no cancer in my lungs. I am thankful that the servant went to the right voice. Went to the voice of God. Went to the voice of the prophet. Went to the word to get his direction. What are we going to do? Oh, come on. Because if you don't go to the right voice, you may get something you don't want. You, I, don't want I don't want some more fear. I don't, want, I, I, I don't want death and destruction. I want life and life more abundantly. Some of you in this room, 2020 is going to be your greatest year of prosperity. Some of you in this room, is going to get, you're going to have your biggest vision. You're going to start businesses. Some of you in this room are going to get so on fire for God. They're, they're, you're a burning and shining lamp wherever you go. Some of you are going to get so free in the spirit. They go, what happened to you? You got to understand, there, there are moments when John Harkey actually rolls up and down the carpet. And for those of you that believe the CDC, this is exactly what I'm doing. I'm sanitizing the carpet so you can come to the altar. <laughs> oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? What are we going to do?
I don't know what to do. Of course you don't want to know what to do. You got your no nose on CNN, Fox News, and ABC all day. I wouldn't know what to do if I watched that too. You know what? If I watched that, I'd be wanting to drink a Prozac milkshake. <laughs> and I would be tested for COVID-19 every day. Even though it tested negative, I said, no, 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 that's not right. I'm telling you. So what happens? What are we going to do? <laughs> Here's what the prophet says. So he answered, do not fear. <laughs> no, it's you're freaking out over nothing. You're panicking. And you're trying to get everybody in the church to just get as frustrated and as fearful as you are. I'm sorry, I'm not taking you. I don't want that impartation. <laughs> I want an impartation of faith, but don't give me an impartation. I want to tell everybody, you have permission to hug me, shake my hand. But I do not want an impartation of fear. <laughs> okay? I do want an impartation of faith. Do not be afraid, verse 16. Do not be afraid because your, your problem isn't your enemy. Your problem isn't the army surrounded. Your problem is in your head. Your problem is in your eye gates and what you've been staring at. I can tell you something. I had a great time. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't like, I can't say that I, I liked 66 meetings to get canceled. I didn't like that. But I had a great time when my seven-year-old grandson and my five-year-old granddaughter would come every morning because I got my man cave, you know, and, and, I, and no girls allowed except grandkids. <laughs> and we'd come and pray and read the Bible. And every single morning, this, they would wake up and look in there and, 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 and sit down with me and read their Bible and pray with Grandpa. Now, if I was on the road, I couldn't do that. You can't put a price tag on that. By, 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 the, by the next couple of weeks, I had my grandson online prophesying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. Why? Because when you live in a prophetic atmosphere, what's happening out there doesn't affect what's happening in here. Do not be afraid about this. He says... For those who are with us. Is anybody with you? Are more than those who are with them. <laughs> See, you look, you think, because you got a vision problem. You got a, your focus is off. You think there's more of them than there's more of us. <laughs> Because you can't see that God is a God of multiplication, not a God of subtraction. <laughs> that God is not in an economic crisis. God, God is not unemployed. Come on. God doesn't need to be bailed out. Come on. God doesn't even get, need to collect PPP. He doesn't need to collect that. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Because he is the, who he is. And we want to see who he is. Let me just tell you right now. There are more for us than those against us. You know why I'm not afraid? Because I know who's around me. 
I really know who surrounded me. I'm not doubting. That's a fact. That, that they are there. I'm not, they're encroaching. I get it. But guess what? There's something other, uh, other much powerful surrounding me and my wife. It's the angels of the army of God. What does the prophetic, what does the prophetic do, ladies and gentlemen? It reminds, reminds you of who's surrounding you. It reminds you of the unseen realm. It, 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 what it does is it opens your eyes to the angelic realm that there are angels around this church. Oh, come on. See, you, you know why nothing's going to happen to this church? Angels around this church. I can tell you tonight, when we were singing tonight, angels are flying up and down these rafters. Why? Because there's a group of people that believe that there's the unseen realm. It's greater than the seen realm. Come on. They're more for us than those against us. Well, that's a good word, preacher. But what about this army? Then, and Elisha prayed. Everybody say prayed. And said to the Lord, Lord, I, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Do you know what I want the, I believe the prophetic does? It puts eyes on the blind. You know what happened? The church is blind. The church is blind. Could it be that this church is seeing? Because if you don't see, you can't heal somebody who's blind. If you're blind. The church is blind. What is our responsibility? To put eyes on the church. Because when the church sees, she rises up. Are you hearing me? When the she, her church sees who she is and how powerful she is and what she can do and what she can accomplish, then all of a sudden she rises up. She comes out of lockdown. Come on. She comes out of lockout, lockdown. She's not in lockdown anymore. Church, church, can I tell you something right now? The, the church had been in lockdown before lockdown. Come on, honestly, honest, honestly. Uh, I, honestly, honestly. The church hasn't been seeing. But I believe it took a lockdown to open the church's eyes. It took, it took to open the church's eyes. But see, you, you ain't never been in lockdown. You're from Idaho. We shoot viruses. Come on, I mean, that's what we do. <laughs> Call the 12 gauge. Come on. And, and ladies and gentlemen, see, because this guy's in lockdown. He can't see. And because he can't see, this is exactly what happens. Pray, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. Oh, come on. What happens when someone sees what's really going on? When, when, when someone refuses to believe the fake is real and sees the real for what it is and sees evil for what it is and good for what is good and sin for what is sin. Come on. He saw. I can tell you right now, when he saw, I ain't afraid of nothing now. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on right now. Bring it on. I'm not being audacious. 
but, but bring it on. Bring it, bring it, come on, come on, come on, go over here. Come over here, bro. I can see, I can see, I can see, I can see. Say, I can see. You know why? Because when, you, when you've been blind, you'd have to be blind to break into a business. You got to be blind. You can't see. They're blind. They're blind. That's why they broke in. They're blind. You got to be blind to be a racist. You got to be blind. The problem is they can't see. And when you can't see, can you imagine the the blind leading the blind? That's why we need a resurgence of the prophetic to open the eyes of a nation. You know, I appreciate what my gov- all my government is trying to do. I appreciate what the people, people in the civil authority are trying to do. But let me just tell you, they're not going to do anything unless they see. They're not going to do anything unless they see. Nothing's going to change unless they open their eyes. Whose responsibility is it to open the eyes? It's the praying prophets. It's the praying church. It's men and women of God on fire. Open their eyes so they can see. What happened? You got to see this. It's amazing. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I ain't got a problem now. (laughs) Praise God for the National Guard, but this is better than the National Guard. (laughs) Chariots of fire surrounding me. So listen to this. So God opens the, the eyes of the church. But notice what he does to the eyes of the enemy. So when the Assyrians came da- down to him, because let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, they're still going to come. Just because I can see doesn't mean they're not going to come. Come on. Just because I can see is not going to just put a stop to evil. Evil's still going to come encroaching on me. But the thing is, now that I can see, now I have the confidence and the authority over the evil. Come on. Now I'm in the position of leadership. Evil is not in the position of leading me. And so now, guess what? Elijah praise but you got to understand the language here is amazing here in verse 18 so when the Assyrians came down Elijah prayed to the Lord and said strike this people I pray with blindness that's not nice in other words you know why I want you to blind the enemy so now the church in control Now God's people, because the way God's people treat their enemies is a lot different. So now, now notice this. God, God, blind, God opens the eyes of the church and blinds the eyes of the enemy. I believe with the researchers of the prophetic, that's what's going to happen in 2020. I'm telling you. And see, notice what it said. And he, now notice this. Strike these people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to what? The word of Elisha. you got to remember that. According to the word of Elisha. 
That means when Elijah opened his mouth, I'll do it. That means according to the word of Lynn, according to the word of Tim, according to the word of John. Come on. Why? Because I'm in alignment with God. Because I know that they have a purpose. And that is destroy innocent life. And so what now I'm going to do is pray that they can't see. You know that they'll be blinded. And because if they can see me, they can attack me. But if they don't know I'm there, come on. If they don't know where to find me, they're lost. So now this is what, so, so guess what? God strikes them blind according to what Elijah said. Now this is funny. Now Elijah said to them, this is not the way. <laughs> so now guess who's leading? The prophet is leading a nation. Oh, come on. Who is leading the way now? The church is now leading the way. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. You know what? We need to cry out for prophetic power that that blinds the enemy from fulfilling his purposes. Come on. Wanting to destroy innocent life. Are you hearing me? And where now, guess what? We're the ones leading the way. We're not, we're, we praise God for our government and officials, but guess what? We're leading the way now because you guys are blind, and so we're leading the way. And at that moment, what does he do? Because he says, now, he says, this is not the way, nor is this the way to the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man you seek. Hey, think about this. All their weaponry, all their military strategy is completely ineffective. Because they can't even use their weapons because they're blind. Now the prophet is going to lead them. And now, well, the prophet lies right there. I'll lead you to the guy. (laughs) He's going to set them up. Some of you are going to get set up by God to such a degree. Some of you are going to be put in positions where you're going to have to pray like God blind the enemy. I've had that. You know, I, I, I don't like wearing masks. And I've had to fly and they tell me to wear a mask and then when they leap and back, I, I, I take the mask off. <laughs> and guess what so far the, uh, the Lord has blinded the stewardess come on <laughs> and it's not that I don't want to wear the mask it's just that, that I can't breathe you know and, and I'm real healthy you know I ran today three miles and I ran my second mile in seven and a half minutes so I'm, that's good for someone who's 57 years old and so I'm really in good shape and, and, and besides Besides, I, I, I explained this to somebody because when I was a kid, you know, when, we, when I was a kid, we used to live in the dirt. You know what? When you lived in the dirt, man, we'd sleep outside all summer long. 
How many know that when you live in the dirt, we came from the dirt, right? We came from the soil. So guess what? Because I lived in the dirt, my immune system got built up. You got to understand, I haven't been sick for over 30 years. And, And we travel all over the world, right? And it's just the grace of God. And, and, and I, I, I can say this and because I was told in school that you, you, you breathe in good air, air, air and you breathe out bad air. Come on. So why would I want to go in the garage and turn the car on with the garage door closed and breathe the bad air? I don't want to do that. I want to breathe good air. And besides, I got the breath of God living on inside of me. I mean, can you imagine Ezekiel trying to prophesy to the dry bones with a mask on? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wouldn't work. Come on. Take the mask off, bro. <laughs> Prophesy to the bones. Come on. And so now the prophet is leading them. Where did he lead them? But he led them to Samaria. But this is what I love about this story. See, the heart of God. The heart of God is not to leave the enemies blind forever. He even wants the enemy's eyes open to who he is. The heart of God in the heart of the prophetic is, oh God, don't, don't, don't destroy the people and leave them blind. Blind them for a season so we can lead them, come on, come on, to the right place. We can lead them to the altar. Because <laughs> when they can see, they didn't even want to show up here. But now that, they're, now, now that they're blind, now they're under my control. Here, let me take your hand. Let me guide you. Let me, let me steer you in the right direction. Let me steer you away from sin and lust and all that, all that anger. Let me steer you away from that. Let me steer you into the presence of God. Let me steer you. See, that's the heart of God. And that's the heart of the prophetic. Because listen to this. He says, so it was when they had come to Samaria that Elijah said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. Hey, because this is, this is why there's no, Elijah had no ego. He didn't walk up to the king, look, they're all blind. No, I want them to see. I want them to see how good God is. I want them to see how good that, that they were under our control. We could have killed them. We could have annihilated them. But instead, we blind them for a season so we can open their eyes to the goodness of God. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Think about that. Can you imagine if people's eyes were open to the goodness of God? Then what would have happened? I mean, can you imagine if, because here's what we do, here's what I've, I've, here's what I've learned the past two months. That I, I kind of wondered, if, why would you want your enemy to suffer. Why would you want other people to suffer? Because many times I had to check my heart. Because there, were, there are three states that I primarily minister in the most. One of them is California. The second one is Hawaii. 
Third one is in Kentucky. And I go, I go all over the world, but those are the three primary states that Melian and I minister the most. We minister all over those states. On every island, all over California, north, all over, and all over Kentucky. And yet, those particular states were the most locked down by the governors. And there were moments when I would say, God, and I would get frustrated that why is that person in that position? Then I realized they're blind. Because if their eyes were open to me, John, they would have never done that. If their eyes were open to my heart and how important the church was, they would have never done what they did. They cannot see. I don't like when they sign a bill aborting babies. I don't like it. It, it grieves me. It grieves me to death. But let me just tell you, church, they're blind. Because how? Because at the moment of conception, that's when life happens. Come on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not a fetus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not a blob. It's a life. It's a human being. And I'm going to tell you something right now. There is going, in these next few years, you watch. Roe versus Wade is going to get overturned in our nation. You watch. You watch. It's going to get overturned. Because in 1973, that's when it happened. I believe by, two th by, uh, by 23, it will be overturned in America. There will be a jubilee, for a jubilee celebration for all the uh, uh, unborn. Come on. There'll be a Jew in America, because I believe that God is going to shift the conscience of a nation, shift the mindset. Right? You're hearing what I'm saying? Shift the mindset of a nation. Because we don't just need a revival, we need an awakening with a shift of mindset. The mindset, the mindset, the mindset of a nation where we, we, we're, we're, we're not out to destroy our enemy, we understand that our enemy cannot see right now. And they are blind. And that's why Lord opened their eyes. Notice what he does. Lord opened the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw that they were inside Samaria. Can you imagine if you brought a whole blind army to church on Sunday? <sighs> Then when the altar came, they all filled the altar. And they were surrounded by a bunch of charismatic, Pentecostal, word of faith people prophesying over them. <laughs> How many know they have a tendency to begin, who are you? Now listen to this. Because this is what's amazing. Because now that enemy is in the palm of Israel's hand. They are vulnerable. And that, and that place of vulnerability. See, let me just tell you something about the heart of the Father. In the place of vulnerability, God doesn't destroy people. He's not like the enemy. He's not like the devil. 
Now listen to what the king of Israel said. Now when the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elijah, my father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? <laughs> Praise God, he asked the prophet what to do. Let me just tell you, I can't wait till the day comes when the king asks the prophet what to do. Shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? You see, they, their, their weapons, they were paralyzed. Can you imagine? They've been blinded for who knows how long. They, 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 they're, they're, they can't even use their weapons. And now all of a sudden their eyes open. Can you imagine? Talk about fear. Come on, talk about fear. Talk about being gripped by fear. They are, I mean, honestly, they probably wet their pants. Honestly. I mean, they are, they have lost it. They literally have lost it. I mean, they're shaking. Their knees are bending. They have lost it because now this army, the Israel, the very army that they wanted to invade is now surrounding them. And then the king is saying, should I kill them? Should I kill them? But this is what God says to them. This is what God says to them. But he answered, you shall not kill them. Oh, gosh. Listen to this. Would you kill those whom you have taken captive with your sword and bow? You know, we preach in Louisville, Kentucky, um, usually two or three times a year, very large church. A few months ago, the governor of Kentucky ticketed people for going to church. For going to church. Uh, the mayor of Louisville um, told one church they couldn't even have a drive-in church. The drive-in. Drive and so the police did not let them meet. But uh, unfortunately, there was some damage in downtown rioting in Louisville. Another day, a number of pastors that I preached for them went and prayed for those same police. And they were weeping. Some of those policemen were on their face. You know, because I'm telling you something right now. See, here's the, here's the difference. The enemy destroys. The church doesn't treat their enemies like that. We were not going to kill you. We're not going to destroy you. Come on. Here's what we're going to do. Even when the pressure comes out, should, we could take you. We could, we're not going to treat our captives like that. I know that you're in our palm of our hands. See, we're not manipulators. We're not out to get power. We just want to worship God. Come on. We just want to love God. Would you kill those whom you... I mean, you could preach a message on that. I mean, in other words, they're, they're, they're putty in your hand. Would you just destroy them? This is what he tells them. Set food and water before them. Meliana, feed them. 
Because the reason they wanted to attack you is because they never ate. They never tasted what you tasted. They haven't experienced when the angel feathers fall. Come on, and the presence of God comes. And they, 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 they haven't been moved to, to sing, oh God. You know, that uh, it's your breath in my lungs. They don't know what it is to have the breath of God in their lungs. She set food before them. What do you think is happening around them? That's the completely opposite of the worldly spirit. Come on. Well, what about all the times they harmed us? See, I'm not looking for vindication. I'm looking for a revival. And I'm never going to have a revival or an awakening when I'm trying to be vindicated. I'm telling you right now, if we're our, because sometimes people are more interested in vindication than they are a move of the Spirit. And I think that we've got to bring correction. We've got we to steer people. That is, we, we've already been vindicated by Christ when He went on the cross and ascended. We've already been vindicated. Well, how much more vindication do you want? What you want is you want your circumstances a little better. He says, set food and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. <laughs> Praise God for the prophet. Then he, the king, prepared a great feast for them. And after they ate and drank, he sent them away to their master. So the bands of the Syrian raiders came no more in the land of Israel. What happened? We're not invading the church anymore. We're not going to close down the church again. <laughs> We're not going to tell them they can't meet again. Because what are they doing? We treat them horrific, badly. But they pray for us. And they feed us. And they prophesy over us. And they send us back full. They don't kill us. They don't destroy us. They don't sue us. They don't. They love us. We're not going to invade them anymore. Because we understand they were protected by a prophetic voice. Lift your hands to Jesus all over the room right now. Father, we love you. We love your word. We love. It's a lamp unto our feet and it's a light upon our path, oh God. I love the presence of God in this room. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, may the spirit of Elijah hover over this group of people here tonight. Father, I ask you that we become more than prophetic predictors. We become prophetic protectors. That not only do we protect God's people, we protect even our enemy. Because we display the heart of the Father. We just demonstrate a kindness.
It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Father, I thank you for Valley Church right now and the people of God and the leadership right now.